2: We have uh, what-the-fuck
1: Oh, my gosh.
2: Ahmed just said a swear word, and he didn't even mean to. That Ahmed's is the getting- first time ever I've heard you swear in life. Now that's yes. going to be the opening of our Sunday show. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. That's right. We're coming in hot. It's week 14. It's Sunday, December 10th. It is the holiday season, and my host that never swears decided to hold it for the holiday <laughs> season. He decided on the week the Lions would lose to the Bears uh, in Chicago to break it out. It. It's a bad week. You're falling apart. It's bad. Anything associated with Detroit is fall- falling apart it's right bad. now. What the hell? What's up, everybody? I'm Chris Sims. This is Chris Sims on button. Ahmed Farid is here. It's late on a Sunday night as usual. Yeah. I feel like we're less delirious than normal. My man here has got a early morning Caribbean flight to somewhere, so he's like, Chris, shut the fuck up and talk fast so <laughs> i can get home and get to sleep for my flight yeah but here we are good to see you bro this will be Either like man. a uh a 35 minute podcast 35 i think we can get minutes. through everything in 35, it take 35 minutes, minutes just to unpack you say in the f word i mean so
1: I, mean, I first of all i had so many people that talked to me about did. that they, they were like yeah i saw that you <laughs> uh, swore for the first time i was like really you listen to the podcast They're like of course i do
2: i didn't realize that we had put it on social media as quickly as we did yeah and i like you had people coming up to me i was like oh Oh, how'd you hear about that? And they were like, on your Instagram. And I was like, oh, I haven't looked at mine today. (laughs) And I went and looked, and it was on there, and I had people all weekend talking about it. So it was good. It was good to get you like that.
1: And listening to it
2: back just
1: now, it sounded like a guy who has never sworn on a podcast before. Because that was as choppy of an F-bomb as there could ever be. You barely got
2: the full word out. (laughs) You barely got the full word Which out.
1: I said at the time.
2: I was like, I don't know that I fully yeah, said it. You barely got it out. But what we've realized is if we just type it in the rundown here, you might say <laughs> yeah. it. So yeah. we're going to throw that out there every now and then. See if you just read the teleprompter, yeah. Ron Burgundy. When you have a weekly segment, What the F Happened, it's like it's bound it's, to it's happen hard. at some point. It is. Five yeah. years in, it What the F time. Happened, what, and when I was what talking about happen. What the F Happened. All
1: right, so I've been in the building all day today. Yes, I've you I've been have. shadowing Chris Sims. That's <laughs> what I did. I was <laughs> shadowing you. Um, so I've been here all day. I'll tell you what. It is a long day when you've been here all day. So I give you a lot of credit for doing this all <laughs> thank year. You, thank you. Although I was traveling for Big Ten for most yeah, of the year. Yeah, it wasn't year.
2: like you were sitting on a, a hammock true. sipping pina coladas so, there, we, so we've got
1: all of our segments as we right. normally do. we got our games of the day. we got the best in the West. Give me the headlines. The backups come up big because backup quarterbacks have it's been a, a theme. Thing right now. <laughs> it's been a theme of the 2023 season. Uh, Thursday night recap and a Monday night football preview. So let's get right into it. i got to get to the Dominican Republic. We start with the games <laughs> of the day and we'll go with the, the biggest game of the day because yeah. all Always is, no matter what the records are and if they've been playing well or not. Bills and Chiefs, the Bills win by three, 20-17. Let's just start with the play, because Andy Reid sure. was mad. So yeah. it was a bit Go of an ahead. embarrassment right. for the NFL. Start. Right. Uh, Patrick Mahomes says it's it's bad for football. Uh, offsides, Kadarius Toney. Yep. I think it was awful for football because it stunted my rugby revolution that I want. Uh, that would have right. been the play that we would have been replaying all year, every year. It would have been
2: one of the plays of the year, if not the play of the year to this point. In that moment, what, a little bit more than a minute left in the football game? You throw a ball deep down the middle. The guy's running on the right hash, and he stops and throws it across the field to a guy that's wide open behind him for a lateral. I mean, yeah, I think that's part of the outrage. I think you're exactly right. I think people going, wait, that was such a great play. Why the fuck are we calling that penalty? Well, because it was a penalty. And we don't just go, oh, that was really cool. Let's not call the penalty. That, that's not how the football world works, right? I know refing's a little inconsistent here, but uh, I'm going to stick up for the refs in this one for sure.
1: So uh, Coach Amoriam has tweeted us and says about the Chiefs referee call. In my opinion, it was a clear offside. But this year, I feel that there is a huge lack of criteria across the NFL in terms of referees. And so I guess the argument there is that there's probably been other times where it could have been called where it isn't called. The consistency has been a problem. Not just with this call, with other calls, too. Uh, You guys did a good job on the halftime show of our Sunday night game. Uh, Terry McCauley. Yeah, broke it down Bowls. perfectly. He, was, he, he said it, it yeah. was clear. It's yeah. clear as day. And if you look back on it, the receiver it's on not the even other really side—it's yes. not close at all. No. Because at first, when I'm looking at, it, I was like, I don't know. He's right on the line, but in fact, you can't be even the new in the neutral zone. No, exactly. And the neutral right. zone is the length of the football, which okay. is about a foot. Exactly. And so he's clearly, and and the receiver on the other side is on the line in technically, the proper
2: spot, and he's almost like a half yard behind. Kaderi, if not so a so yard, maybe a yard. Yeah. Right. right. So
1: it was it was the proper call, and it's a call that should have been made.
2: It's the proper call, right? You don't get it a lot, so I agree with Mahomes and Andy Reid and what they're saying. Usually you do get warned. You do, right? But that's when you check in with the referee all the time, right? You know, you know, this is, so there were some multiple mistakes. One, he lines up offsides. Two, it was his job, and if you watch the play back, he never looks out to the referee and gives the old point like, am I good right here, right? Am I on the line of scrimmage? Am I good? Because they will. If you do that, they'll go, ooh, move back just a little or whatever, right? They'll, they'll let you know. Or or maybe warn you, hey, you're getting really close to the neutral zone, right? You know, I've let you go a few times. But this one, in this moment, doesn't look over there, one, okay? Two, it's a big moment, like you said. Three, it is egregious. I think the thing that also confuses people is, yeah, they think you're allowed to be right on the line with the ball. And you're like you said, it's the neutral zone. You're not allowed to. Two, the other thing that I think adds to it is the CBS blue line for the line of scrimmage is not an official line. People need to realize that. And I'm not getting on CBS, NBC, Fox. None of the blue lines are official, yeah. right? And as you saw when we watched in a viewing room a bunch of times back and back, the blue line was a little ahead of the actual line of scrimmage. So, Kadarius Tony is stepping on the blue line, which was actually another ball length in front of the ball, right, if that makes sense. So, it wasn't even close, okay? And then I think the other thing is, yes, this is – and history has not been called a lot. It's a thing this year. Because of the goal line tush pushes and all of that, defenses are part of their complaint was you're letting the offensive lineman get in the neutral zone, which is helping them push the ball in these QB sneaks, mm. and they cracked down on that. And they've tried to. So that's why we've had more of these calls this year than I think in like 15 years, right?
1: I was surprised when Terry said that. He said there's been 11 this year already. There were two, I think he said, last year.
2: Yeah, right. Well, I think it's became a thing across the league, and, and I think a lot of defensive coordinators were going, wait. We're called off sides if we cross the ball. You're letting the offensive line cross the ball on a consistent basis, and it's giving them an advantage. And here, you could see this. I hope you're watching on our YouTube page right now. Tony's foot is on the 49-yard line. The the blue line is on the 49-yard line. The ball is behind that. It's not even on the blue line, right? You can't see the ball in this still frame that we're showing right here because it's behind Kadarius Tony's head being blocked by his helmet. So it's not close, and I understand Mahomes and everybody are frustrated. It was a cool play. It's a big moment. It's a big game for them, but I think their frustrations boiled over. You know, one with they feel like they've been ripped off by a bad call last week, so it's two weeks in a row. So I think that's still living in them. They couldn't handle that, let alone they have things for themselves to be. They're going to be mad at themselves. Whether you want to say this, this is their fault, right? You know, them dropping balls against the Lions week one, that, that was their fault too. MVS them, them dropping the post route right against the Eagles that was their fault too so they have four out of their five games that yeah kind of ended in a crazy fashion four of the five losses I should say that you felt like they could have won the game but you know, either they made mistakes or the referees kind of screwed them, and I think that led to this boiling point we saw today. The Chiefs are eight and five yeah. right now, and I think we were talking about they have a
1: nine percent chance of getting the one seed yeah. uh, out west. And now you got to kind of worry because the Denver Broncos won today. We'll get to their game. Yeah. Another and they just beat a game them back. twice, it's, 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 so they're a game back right. there, and so the division now is up yeah, for grabs sure. uh, out west. And so I, I do think that's part of the frustration you saw from Patrick Mahomes at the end of the right. game. It's all of it. Um, they still. They were an offsides call away from pulling off a miraculous comeback. Now, there still would have been time for That's the Bills right. to I go mean, down. Josh
2: Allen had the ball with a minute left, so let's not just act like it would have been guaranteed, right? We've seen that story before with both of these guys. Um, I, but I think the, the real thing and why the frustration and what you're talking to and I think where you're leading me is they're frustrated because, yeah, they're, they're not as good this year. They're not being able to impose their will there on, on other teams, especially offensively. I think Mahomes is frustrated. They can't get anything going. I mean, again, I think it was another game where I would sit there and argue with you. There's not a ton of plays that he throws or completes that you go are on rhythm, precision throws, right? It's him floating. It's him buying a little extra time. You know, every now and then he throws a ball on time, but unable to run the ball the right way or the way they've been as of late. Because no Pacheco. And of course you're playing a Bills team who this is where they're dangerous and this is why I picked them to win. When they know when they you have one area of your game that they know you're not very good at. Oh, they're not very good at the pass game. We can kind of break them down. That allows McDermott's genius to show to where he can come up with these game plans of going, wait, we're gonna put people at the line of scrimmage and we can play run defense. And I got I kind of feel for them in the pass defense. So if they do drop back, we'll drop back into the right areas, like my old thing of they just got a lot of guys dropping where they're trying to throw the ball, right? Yeah. And that's when you're not good in one, either run game or pass game, and McDermott can kind of put all his eggs in one thing. That's when he becomes a real pain in the ass. And no run game today. And then, as you see, the Chiefs' pass game is just not good enough, explosive enough right now to carry the load in some of these big games. And you say right now. It's really hard
1: to envision yes. this year with this group no. how it would become what it's been in the
2: past. Yeah, right. It, you know, and I know that last year they won the Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill, but you're you're also last year you got to remember Juju Smith-Schuster was a nice fit for their offense. He almost had 900 yards receiving. He was almost like a, you know, a small tight end who worked the slot opposite Kelsey. So he did the, the underneath stuff. You know, McCole Hardman before his injury last year. he had a guy that had been there for a while. He can make plays, right? Right now, you know, he got he signed with a new team, he got hurt at the end of last year, he hasn't quite been the same, so there's some pieces there missing altogether, let alone two. Like we'll talk about with the Eagles later or whatever. They lost Eric Bieniemy, and I don't give a shit what anybody says. He's a damn good coach, and he was the enforcer there. That's the other part that people realize. He was the guy that stayed on everybody's ass when you were doing bullshit and not working hard enough, not doing the right things in the football field. They're missing that. Their offense, like you said, you're right. I'm, I've been saying it all for the last six weeks. You've heard me say it. It's not going to change. I don't know if there's anybody that's going to rise up. Rasheed Rice is going to be there. Is he going to be a superstar? we Are going to go, oh, they got to double him, or it's just going to be big and big moments all the time? I'm not ready to ride on that yet either. They're going to have to win games like this. They're going to have to win games with their defense, run the ball, and hopefully Mahomes can make a few magic plays every game. Uh, but, I, you know, the days of them winning 35-17 to 17 in the playoffs or something like that, that's not happening this year. Every one of their playoff games, wild card, whatever, is going to be they won by a field goal. They won by six points. It's going to be right in that range.
1: Bills fans are saying, come on. Yeah, we, let's we get won there. This Sorry. We won this game. We won this game. It's not let's all about there. the Chiefs losing right. this game. Right. The, the Bills won this game. They, they, play, they played hard. They played well. They That's made right. enough plays. They made some mistakes, but Josh Allen also made some Josh Allen plays. Exactly right. Ninth game this season with a rush touchdown and a pass touchdown that ties Kyler Murray's NFL single season record. So once again, doing it with his arm, his legs, uh, crazy plays. I think we have the dots for his 22-yard pass. To Latavius Murray, this is the one that you highlighted. Just well, now this on play a is, I halftime mean, show.
2: insane. I mean, right. I mean, first off, you're right. The Bills controlled the game early on, up fourteen nothing. Right. We're kind of driving again, and then Josh Allen threw, you know, a Josh Allen type interception, scrambled to the right, and threw it kind of across his body. It got intercepted, and it swung momentum back to Kansas City's favor. But this play right here, seventeen all. You know, just to get the ball out of this area so they can, if they do, they, you know, they punt the ball later on in this drive. Uh, I believe, yeah, they did. They punched the ball later on in this drive. It, it, but it put Kansas City deep in their own territory. You know, that was a big moment on the football game, let alone one of the most incredible physical plays we saw of anybody today and all year. I mean, first of all, to get outside the pocket. Now he's shuffling backwards as he's going out of bounds. And at the last second, he goes, you know, it looks like Latavius is about to come open. Let me, as I'm falling out of bounds and in the air, just flick the ball up and put it in a spot where he can kind of go get it as he runs by Mike Edwards and gets a huge play. But, you know, yeah, Allen's stats weren't mind boggling. You're right. There was nothing big time there. I still am concerned about the Bills getting open against man-to-man coverage. There is a reason James Cook was the only guy that went over 50 yards receiving on their team. The other guys don't get open against good man-to-man teams. They have an issue there. They definitely do. right? So their one thing today was Cook against some linebackers, and they exposed that matchup a little bit in the man-to-man coverage. Uh, But good win for them. Gritty. Right? They are not scared to go to Kansas City and play them and beat them there. They lost momentum in the football game and then to battle back and regain it and hold on at the end. Good for them and, you know, Buffalo, I know they're not in the playoffs right now, but damn, they're, they're scary. They really are. I, you know, You look at the AFC, I don't know if anybody's great and I wouldn't want to see McDermott and Josh Allen come into town.
1: They're one of six AFC teams that are currently seven yeah. and six. You mentioned James Cook. Yeah, He had the 25-yard touchdown, I think, uh, in this game. Yeah, a little seam so, route so, down the left so side. So here's something. He is the first Bills running back with 100 or more scrimmage yards in four straight games since LaShawn McCoy That's in 2016. A, yeah, so he's turning into a bit of a weapon he here. Is. And there's a stat out there that he has been targeted on over 35% of his routes in every game since Joe Brady took over. As the Bills OC in it week makes eleven. So there. maybe that makes maybe Joe Brady has unlocked something with James Cook. I, I
2: don't I don't disagree there. I do. And and one, I think it's a good thing. Like we just, you know, like you heard me just say, they don't have a ton of playmakers. So who's a guy that can make a play, break a tackle, run by somebody? James Cook is one of those guys. Feature him in the past game, right? More times than not, you know that running backs end up getting covered by safeties or linebackers, and that's a mismatch for him. Back to your point with Joe Brady, you know. We saw at LSU they threw the ball to Clyde edwards Hilaire a lot. He came from Sean Payton. Sean Payton throws the ball to the back. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Alvin fucking Kamara. Right. That's what he does. So they've. That's definitely one of the things he's put in their offense. And good for them getting this win. You know they had that heartbreaker against the Eagles a few weeks ago. Uh, good off the bye week for them to to battle back and you know seven and six right in the thick of things and. Uh, just keep fighting, Buffalo. They know, are the fighting. defense is stingy, and that quarterback we know is as special as it gets. The, the, the This season ain't over for them, and I thought it might have been a few weeks ago. Well,
1: they had a few distractions, too, during this week. And oh the articles that came out about yes. Sean McDermott and for them to get a win against yeah. the Chiefs in Kansas City. Well, it shows done, you the culture done. of the
2: team in the locker room. And McDermott made a mistake. He knows that. He owned up to it. And uh, hopefully they can move on from there.
1: Okay, so may- maybe people thought that was the game of the year, and if it would have ended with that rugby play, maybe it would have been considered <laughs> the game of the year and the comeback of the year. Uh, but we got another one in the running. Rams, they get the overtime win against the. Uh, or, I'm sorry, the Ravens get Come the on, overtime what are you win. Saying swear words. I don't know what's coming out of your mouth again the, over here. Against the Rams, just making sure <laughs> everyone's awake here late on a Sunday. I don't know that I am. Thirty-seven, uh, thirty-one, the final score. Tylen Wallace, a seventy-six-yard punt return touchdown. To win the game here, greatness calls says to us. Damn okay, Ravens Rams game of the year in rain, no less too, and that was impressive. Both offenses showing a lot of uh, a promise in a sloppy weather game. But uh, what'd you make of this? The Baltimore Ravens winning a game late, where they gave up the lead late, but found a way
2: to to pull this one I, out. That that to me is the, the the headline of the game. The Ravens and really the last few years, have not had a lot of wins like this. If you want to say something about, to me, one flaw maybe in Lamar's resume would be late game, fourth quarter, I got to drive you down and we're going to go score, right? I've seen him do everything on the planet on the football field. He's awesome and can do it all. That'd be the one thing I'd go, and it's not even Lamar, because I've seen Lamar drive them down, and then the defense lets the team go down and score a touchdown in like a minute too. So even when he has answered the bell, you know, the defense has let him down, or maybe it's vice versa. Either way, this was something I think their team needed. Right? This is like, you know, playoff games are going to be tight. You might be down by four points in the fourth quarter in a playoff game. That's what playoff football is all about. I mean, damn, Tom Brady and the Patriots didn't just dominate everybody in playoffs. He was clutch as hell. Right? So that was one thing we have not seen from this Ravens football team. And, in fact, every time they've gotten a game like this this year, and really and even the years past a little bit, they lose somehow, somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I think was the, the positive thing for them. They're kind of off the schneid and don't have to worry about, hey, can we win a close game? Can we come back in the fourth quarter and finish it off and win a game? Those were answered. Uh, so that's good. Now, the game itself, the game itself was exciting as hell and I think shocking as hell. I think it was probably the most exciting game of the day. I'm not going to call it the game of the year, but it was exciting. I, I think the thing that I was shocked with more than anything was. The amount of blown coverages and blown plays by the defense during the football game, right? I mean, Cooper Cup wide open, Isaiah Likely, 54-yard touchdown pass, blown coverage, nobody's around him. You know, Odell runs a double move, in, cut, and go. I mean, wide open to where he can fall in the end zone and catch the ball, right? So it's not what you expect from the Ravens or Rams who, I, you know me, I wax poetically about their defenses on a weekly basis, and they, they started this game off very sloppy. You know? But Rams are a handful. Safford we know is a baller I was shocked at the way they ran the ball on the Ravens I really was I did not expect that you know but you know I, I think too and I think you know this happens at times you you come off of a bye week a little bit every now and then you know you, it takes you a while to get back into to battle mode right Ahmed like hey we were on vacation yeah we practiced that was cool but oh shit. The Rams are here. They're flying around. They're hitting us. What? Oh, my gosh. Hold on. we got to refocus here. We're not used to this. We were just on vacation seven days ago. So, you know, I do think that happens at times. But, yeah. you know, all in all, good win by the, the Baltimore Ravens. And uh, and, they, and I think the biggest thing is they won it because of Lamar. They won it because of Lamar buying time, making plays with his legs, and then making big throws. And there was no other reason today that the Ravens won the football game. It was all about Lamar Jackson. Yeah, we got the dots for his 21-yard touchdown to Zay Flowers.
1: And here's a good little nugget. Coming into the game, Jackson was one of three qualified quarterbacks to not have a deep touchdown pass entering week 14. Him and Zach Wilson and Bryce Young, none of them had a deep one. He had three in the game today. Now, you mentioned it. Some of them were blown coverages. Yeah. I'd give Odell a little credit on that route. That was oh, a yeah. pretty good route it was great to call, get open like that. You're right.
2: It was a great route. You're know, that wasn't. you right. That wasn't a blown coverage. I yeah. don't want to say that one. That was just a good play call that exposes the defense's rules here. This play right here, Rams up 28 23, a minute 18 left, right? What they're doing, the Rams are playing like a quarter's coverage. Right now, within this quarter's coverage, right? Number 44, Akello Witherspoon, if you see him on the left, he's matched up with Isaiah Likely, so he's going to take him. So it ends up being basically man to man across the board when it all shakes out. And they got, you know, 15, um, who's Nelson Aguilar, he goes on a deep cross that takes the one safety away and then creates that huge hole, right? To now you got Zay Flowers working one on one with a safety. Down the field and a big window. Lamar does another great job of kind of staying in the pocket, staying in the throwing position, kind of fades away from the pressure and Aaron Donald a little bit, throws the ball on the money, Zay Flowers touchdown. You know, good for them. It was good that they won through the air with the right arm of Lamar Jackson. Their defense will shore it up. And you know, like six and seven Rams are a good football team. Yeah. You know, six and seven Rams don't go through some of the early season struggles and Stafford doesn't get hurt a little bit. Right, this is a different year. Uh, they're going to keep fighting. They're still in this thing in the NFC as far as the bottom playoff picture. And I don't, but, and, you know, and I don't big know big how they, the Ravens. Yeah, for sure. I don't know
1: how the yeah. Rams have done it too, because yeah. it's just like they traded away all their top. I know. draft picks, and they hit on some you know Puka defensive guys. guys right. Byron Young on the yes, defensive side, exactly. and it's like they've replayed. Then now they're like a young, fast, physical team. It's like how they do that? They had no draft picks. It's.
2: It's one of the things that went under the radar when they were going to the Super Bowl and really good. Yeah, they had these huge high-priced free agencies and all free agents that they paid. But if you looked at their teams during that, they had a ton of third and fourth rounders that they drafted that were playing and being really good for them, right? So they obviously know how to draft a little there mm-hmm. you know, in, in L.A. And you're right. And then, of course, when you add the McVay culture and the toughness, and then you get a quarterback like Stafford and a Cooper Cup and an Aaron Donald to lead the troops a little bit, everyone starts to go, fuck, we can win. Why can't we beat this team this week, right? So, yeah. Uh, And the the Rams running the football, that was another shocker of the day. The Rams running the ball down the throat in the Baltimore Ravens. Like, there was a part early in the game where I was like, is this fucking day reversed here? Like the Rams are running the ball, the Ravens are throwing the ball. Sidearm are all over the football field. It felt like it should be the other way around.
1: Ahmed's in the room early in the, in the day room with me. Early it's like in usually
2: the day, that's a late right night Joe thing. Flacco's out dueling Trevor <laughs> Lawrence. What the hell's going on around here? Yeah, yeah
1: it was bizarre. Um, so one last point in the uh, Baltimore Ravens now. You know the number one seed in the AFC. They're ten and three. Miami behind them at nine and three right now. Um, if you were to put a dollar. Yeah. On the number one seed at the end of the year, you're putting it on the Baltimore Ravens?
2: It's... it's it's. I think so. It is. I I, I say that and I stutter because the Dolphins, to me, are right there. I I do... I think the Dolphins... I know they haven't won against a real quality opponent yet. I get that. But I think the Dolphins are still playing good football. What I like about the Dolphins is their Ds become real. Now, again, they haven't had that ultimate test yet. They're like really sure like are we sure it's real good and they lost Jalen Phillips the Eagles. yeah they lost Jalen Phillips we saw it against the Eagles it was going an upward trajectory there the Eagles didn't necessarily just march the ball up and down the field of them uh but yeah I, I guess I'd edge with the Ravens just a little bit over the Dolphins my thing here is where I'm starting to question with the AFC is just as, is there a really high elite upper echelon type of team in the AFC right now. I think that's part of what I'm questioning a little with how Baltimore's looked as of late, right? The things I say about Miami, I think those are obviously the two teams that have the chance to be that elite upper echelon type of football team, but I guess there's some things that I question about both of them a little bit.
0: Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting over
1: in the NFC, I think you think there is an elite upper I, echelon I, uh, Definitely. A couple, couple of them, one. but, but yeah. one above the rest probably. All right, yeah. I'm going to give you a dollar yeah. in the NFC as we move to the best in the West. Yeah. 49ers right now. Uh, they're 10-3. and three. Yep. Eagles in a dogfight with the Eagles Cowboys are down right now.
2: Eagles 27-13. Cowboys got the ball. Eagles just tried to go for it on fourth down, they, uh, and they did not get it, right? Mm. So now the Cowboys got it after you know, knocking in a 59-yard field goal to go up uh, 27-13, right? It was 24-13 after that Jalen Carter picked up the fumble and the strip sack touchdown. Uh, So we're sitting here 14-40 left, fourth quarter. Dallas – clearly been the better team on the football field all night long can they put philly away will be the big question we'll give
1: you that analysis when that game is done and if it gets close we'll start doing play-by-play of a game once again that, that you, already you already know what the, well, the result that's why but, you're here but that's why you're here because all of these games you already know the result <laughs> we know the results of the 49ers and seahawks 49ers get the win here all right my dollar to yeah. you yeah who wins the year in the nfc i mean i asked you in the afc might as well ask you in the a- nfc uh, would you put it on the 49ers uh, right
2: now? I, I would not even hesitate. Mm. I would not hesitate with that one. That, that to me, is a no-brainer. Um, now, like, is it the most comfortable dollar in the world? No. I mean, you know, I still got tremendous respect for the Eagles. And, shit, the way the freaking Cowboys look right here, I mean, yeah. and And the Cowboys, again – it's weird with the Cowboys and the Dolphins. I feel like they're both going this way, but I also go, can you guys play a fucking team that I could actually get a litmus test on, right? To feel it. So I think we're getting it here from the Cowboys against the Eagles tonight. Uh, we'll see where it goes. But yeah, the 49ers are I'm taking your dollar.
1: 49ers have done that against the elite teams yes, in the they NFL. Have. They beat the Seahawks 28-16. They've won 5 straight meetings versus the Seahawks for the first time ever. In the history of NFL football the 49ers had never done that. They have done that now. They can clinch the NFC five West five straight times, you Five said? straight times wow. versus Pete Carroll Damn. and the Seattle Seahawks. That's impressive. Used to be their bugaboo for for many years even yes. when they were going to the playoffs, Super Bowl pain in the butt, right? Uh, they right. can clinch the NFC West with a win next week already. Um, they've won five straight games all by 12 or more points. So they're they're rolling right now. And watching this game, the score doesn't really indicate it. But it was like big play Debo, big play Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, unstoppable. It was like star after star after star for the 49ers. I can see why you have almost no hesitation making them the one seed right now.
2: Yeah, they're, they're, there's hard to find a spot that they're weak in, right? I think, I think that's the big thing. All right, try to find one right now. Well, see if you can do it. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's one that's glaring to me, right? Um, the right tackle position, maybe, if you want to get into that a little bit. But then Shanahan's so smart and brilliant with so many other things, right? I mean, he he does a good job of, you know, protecting guys that aren't at their best. Their corners, you've heard me say that. I think that's about where that conversation would end. Hufunga hurt in the safety position. Yeah, it that... hurts them a little bit. But Hufunga, a hair overrated, not as good as everybody thinks he is. And, you know, they'll be okay there. But he yeah. definitely would have been better than what they got playing there. Certainly. Uh, But, yeah, I think, you know, we've kind of hit on all the things you would think were maybe the issues. And their quarterback is not a weakness. He's, like, on fire. I mean, fucking on fire. You know, listen, you know I think the play caller is, like, one of the best that's ever done it in Shanahan. I think he's the best coach in football. I don't think it's close right now. You heard me say that last week, right? And then Purdy... You know, I know I've, you know, system quarterback, blah, blah, blah. And I don't think that's such a bad thing, right? I I don't look at that a bad thing. But he makes so many plays and throws where I go, yeah, that was a creative play. But that still wasn't an easy throw. Or it was perfect on the money to allow the guy to run after the catch. Or, ooh, just the subtle slide in the pocket. The anticipation of feeling the receiver. Those are the things he does special. But what do you do when they run the ball like that? debo's healthy iuk is on a mission and then oh damn that's right there oh george kittle he's an afterthought is an all-pro tight end it's insane it is let alone we know the defense is real too so yeah that was impressive and that was you know a good ass whooping on a on a seahawks team that was desperate and gonna empty the tank and took some chances and threw the ball aggressively down the field because they knew they had no chance if they didn't take a few shots down there. They took their best shots today without Geno Smith and Drew Locke at the helm, but it just doesn't matter. The 49ers are too good in every area of their football team.
1: Trent Williams had this postgame quote about his quarterback. He goes, I don't get why people say he's a system quarterback. No system quarterback makes tight window throws before they're there, throwing people open, putting the ball into a window and trusting his receiver to get there, layering balls over linebackers who are in good position and still getting the ball over their head getting it to the playmaker, that's a pretty good breakdown of a quarterback by Trent Williams. Yeah, well,
2: that's what he is, you know. And, And, again, yeah, there's some other people, again, where I don't understand why is Tua and Jalen Hurts just a slam dunk, like, oh, they're MVP conversations, and this guy's, like, stats are every bit as good as all of them. You know, Is he
1: getting close to being a favorite though? I feel he's like he's up there. He's, he's, climbing, now, he's
2: climbing the ladder. He's definitely. And after climbing the this ladder.
1: game, he was co-favorite with Dak coming so into they're this. Gonna, week. They're going
2: to shoot it out, Dak, Dak, Prescott and and Purdy, because you know Dak, of course, playing good again. Yeah, to me, I don't. I I would say right now, as far as positive play affecting their team, explosive plays, taking advantage of all that's there to be had, that yes, Dak and Purdy to me look like they're playing the position better than anybody. C.J. Stroud was in that conversation maybe until about today, yeah. right? But, yeah, and then Tua's right on you know, the footsteps there as far as you know, right behind that conversation. Uh, but, you know, I'm big into what's there, what's there to be had, and then if there's nothing there to be had, what are you doing, right? And to me, Prescott and Purdy, when there's nothing there to be had, it's not sexy like an Allen or a Mahomes or even a Joe Burrow at times or whatever else, but you don't realize, oh, wait, nobody's really open. Ooh, the pocket's collapsing. Ooh, what an unbelievable throw and putting in a spot where only his guy could get it. And we kind of just go, oh, completion. But, like, guys like me, nerds like me, ex-quarterbacks like me go, holy shit. Like, that was a big-time throw. Like, big time. Right? And it doesn't get the credit it deserves. Like we said last week, the third and seven out route. Right when they were beating the Eagles, I said that was the play of the day. The Eagles had the momentum. He had a little out-round, the tight coverage. You put it right on the money. Nobody's ever going to show it. It's not going to be the highlight. But that was the biggest play of the day that allowed the 49ers to keep the momentum rolling and squash the Eagles from coming back. Right. And there's more of that that goes on with yeah. Purdy than I think people realize. There was
1: a time in his college career, and we've talked about this before when he was at Iowa State. I think it was going into his sophomore year yeah. where people were projecting him as a, not yeah. just some people, a lot right. of people, as a first-round quarterback. Right. They're right. like, if he continues this... And his numbers kind of plateaued. He, But he still had those games. I think it was a game against Oklahoma where he threw like four or five touchdowns. Yeah, Crazy did. good yeah. game or he something some like shootouts. that. right. And so it's like you, you wonder what the narrative would be like if he wasn't the final pick of the draft and actually he came out earlier and was a first, second-round sure. quarterback. I think that's
2: a hard – part of the reason he's not thrown into the MVP conversation even quicker. quicker. Yeah. You know, you're, you're – you're not a top pick. You weren't at a powerhouse school. Can't be those you. things. Yeah, those things all add to the hype of other guys that he's not getting the benefit of.
1: Boss Rice Shark wants to know how big of an impact is Chase Young making now? He also goes, love the show. And I'm calling it. Ahmed cusses again during playoff episode after the Lions first appearance <laughs> since Paul Blart came out. No, I like that's it. true. I like that it. really could happen boss that's, rice some shark. Nice,
2: that's some name at boss rice shark yeah right i wonder where he came up with that one chase young i mean it, it's the impact is is huge you know it, it's not always again the stats the sacks whatever it's you gotta think about how are we gonna orchestrate our protection with our offensive line here who do we want the back to help out It's just another matchup across the board of, like we talk about all the time, with four guys and there's two of them you want to double. And you go, well, there's only one you can double. And let alone, to me, this is the Chase Young factor when they put five D linemen on the field. And Mm -hmm. now it's just five one-on-ones. See, that that was something they didn't do before Chase Young. Now they do it, you know, a handful of plays every game to make sure, hey, Hargraves one-on-one, Bosa's one-on-one. You know, Armstead's one-on-one. We don't have to worry about that. That gave them five matchups. That they feel like, really, they're better in all five matchups, and at the very least, one of them's going to win, even if the other four lose.
1: 29 plays in the game, so he's definitely in the mix right there, and I think playing around all those he He plays studs. certain
2: situations, right? You know, they they rotate. Their I mean, it's a, a a lot. him,
1: Hargrave, Kinlaw, all have basically the same snap
2: count. Right. I would say, what, is it Bosa and Armstead basically just lead in stats for the most part for the 49ers? Bosa 50
1: right. snaps. What was uh, Armstead? Armstead. Well, he had a
2: foot injury a little, so he might have not been in total normal. I feel like they play the most on their defense. Did Armstead not play? Uh, maybe he might not have played today. Yeah, he, he didn't. Had the play. foot injury. He so, didn't play. Okay, he didn't play. All right. Interesting. All there right.
1: Because go. they, they got. St- I mean, they they can have a game like this without one of their better defensive players because they have so many of them. Yeah. Right there. Uh, Seattle uh, allowing twenty nine point three points per game during their four game losing streak. They're trending in the opposite direction.
2: Yeah. Their defense sucks. I mean, it's it's it's. There's no other way to say it. You know, you can run on them. You can throw it on them. You know, I, I'm not really sure what they're trying to do schematically at times. Right? Their talent is better than what they're putting on the football field. Right? And third down defense horrible. Red zone defense horrible. Third down offense not very good. Red zone offense not very good. Hard to win in the football with those four things not being good for the offensive and defensive side of the ball. And yeah, I think the Seattle Seahawks are falling apart in front of us. And I have no problem in saying that clearly, the Rams and the Green Bay Packers are a better football team than the Seahawks right now. We'll see where that goes. Maybe they can bounce back, but yeah, I don't got a lot of faith in the Seahawks, especially like to your point, the way the D looks down the stretch here.
1: Four game losing streak for Seattle, the longest under Pete Carroll. and I know who That's they got crazy. next week? Who do they have? The Eagles. Oh boy. Yep. All right, trending in the wrong direction. Right. Speaking of trending, speaking of trending in the wrong direction, let's get to my Detroit Lions. Uh-oh. Uh, give me the headlines presented by Hyundai. We are in the printing press. <laughs> Not in the printing press. We're standing next to well, it. Well, no. If we were in the printing press, that tragedy. would hurt. It's a that tragedy. That would really hurt. It would be an emergency. Bam, right. Emergency I mean, situation. You,
2: I don't think you'd get flattened out going through those damn rollers. things. It'd be bad. It and then he'd bad. have ink poisoning because he'd have ink all over. Well, yet. we do have an injured member of our team. And then you swear, I would like, swear fuck, again. I got ink I all over. You know who me.
1: swore earlier this morning? Who's that? Pete, our producer. Did he? Yeah, he uh, he had an injury in his hand. Might he might have a broken finger? Oh, right now. I you know, know that's
2: right. He woke up. The kids woke him up, and he slipped down the fucking stairs like an idiot. Yes. Right? Sorry, Pete. Yeah. Can we tell the story? Is yeah. this okay well, to tell on the did. podcast? Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, did. yeah. And here's the worst
1: part. It was at a friend's house. I know. Wasn't even in the comfort of his own home. You know, he
2: woke up the whole house, right? Yeah. Right. And then the the people were like literally in bed going, let's never invite them for a sleepover again yeah it's a last right one. Well, but people want to go, go are you okay even though you're waking us fucking up yeah and they act like they care yeah and then
1: pete's <laughs> finger blows up
2: like a balloon he's like no it's, i'm sure i'm it's okay fine. i'm and good i'm good there's nothing wrong <laughs> he with thinks it. he might have really broke his finger so we'll see
1: pete wouldn't want to go back because the stairs are too dangerous There, very dangerous stairs i did right. tell him though he can sue like technically if he would want to how good of a friend is he <laughs> he probably can sue
2: you're a good friend uh, all right so the bear <laughs> i'm not inviting I'm just, you to my house i'm angry <laughs> i'm angry because my
1: lions look bad again You changed this for the Whole subject here, <laughs> uh, and of all teams to beat on my most hated. Oh, Bears, I loved right? it, and I picked the Bears to win. Oh, dang it! Yes. All right, so I uh, did. 13 Bears beat my Lions. Your headline is "Out like a lamb." <laughs> Which, Out, you <laughs> said on Football Night in America, and Maria goes, "What are you talking
2: about?" I, that's why I know I'm getting old. Is the youngsters and Maria Taylor and Devin McCourty were like, "I, I don't get it," and I was like. You've never heard of, like, March in like a lion, out like a lamb? Yeah. And they were like, oh, no, no, I, I haven't. And I was like, oh, my <laughs> gosh. I feel like I'm talking to my kids here. Yeah. i got to, like, explain things to them. And
1: as you're explaining it, you're like, this does make me look like a nerd. Yeah, right? This right, is yes, not a fun right, thing right. to have to explain. I, yeah, <laughs> I
2: know. Well, you know, your Lions football team came into the season with a roar and a big mane. Oh. And they were biting kneecaps off. And we are going watch out. You know, now that mane got shaved off. And, mm. you know. You're, instead of your roar, you just got a little bad. That's it's all bad. you got. It's not good right now.
1: It's bad. It you was know? their fewest total yards this season. Their fewest points since week seven, and now they have allowed 26 points in five straight games. So it was bad all across the board. All across the board. Full I'll credit. Wanna, full credit to the Bears.
2: They. they I'm going to start with the Bears good. because the Bears. Bears five and eight. Ibraflus keeping that team on track after some. You know, crazy stuff happening there during their year a little bit. Fire the defensive coordinator, right, got that issue. There was something else I'm missing, too, that happened kind of crazily. But either way, you know, for them to kind of stay the course, and what I'll say about the Bears, you know, I know you've heard me say this about the Packers. The Bears, I hope they keep loose. Uh, and Ryan Poles, because last year they were legitimately not trying to win. They legitimately didn't try to spend money so they could save it for this year and next year's free agency. They traded away things to get picks for next year's draft, right? I, I just feel like that would be wrong to Ebra and Ryan Poles to go, hey, you made all these moves for our future because we knew we weren't going to win right now and we actually didn't want you to spend money, right? But we're going to fire you now, right? That doesn't seem right. And the Bears are good, like – I would say watch out for the Bears. Eberflus or whatever, watch out for them. If they ended up firing them, which I wouldn't agree with, that's going to be a really coveted job. Think about the Bears, Amen. O-line, pretty damn good. Tight end Cole Komet, pretty damn good. Receivers, Mooney and Moore, pretty damn good. Running backs, Herbert, Rashawn Johnson, whoever else, Deontay Foreman, pretty damn good. You know, defensive lines, good. Pass rush was an issue. They got Montez Sweat, and they got high drop picks coming up. So I'm sure they'll be able to add to that. Linebackers are good. Edwards and Edmonds, secondary. It's gotten young talent in it. So, like, I know your Lions are 9-3. and three. The picture I was trying to paint is that, like, for me, who's, you know, watching football every week and watching film, I'm going, and why I picked the Bears to the upset, I'm going, they're every bit as talented as the Lions. Like, there's no doubt. They just haven't had the Dan Campbell culture and things haven't gone right right yet, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know everybody's going to look at it and go, whoa, that's a huge upset. And I'm sitting here trying to tell you, the Bears are a fucking handful. And then your Lions team is not playing its best ball right now. Like, yeah. all the things we've talked about, you know. It's just everybody's caught on to it now, and you're seeing it's oh they're man to man. Here we go, they're man to man. Throw it to DJ Moore. Oh, it's zone. Okay, let's run the ball or just throw something quick. Boom, boom, boom. And then and then the, you know on the other side of the ball, your quarterback's not playing great, right? You're not dominating the line of scrimmage. Maybe early on in the game you were with the run game, but as the game went on, it didn't feel like you could just run at will. No. At least maybe I'm wrong. It's you still know better. I think
1: it's still the, by far the best part of their team right now. It's like Jamir Gibbs. It almost makes feels plays. like they don't do
2: it enough. Maybe.
1: Yeah. I I think they get in game scripts now where they're just down early, where it makes it difficult. And then
2: you saw my problem. You know what coverage the Bears play almost all game? Hmm. Man. They play man as much as anybody in football. And that's where I worry about you guys, and I know I keep saying it, but your ability to separate and make plays like that, let alone golf's not going to be one that's going to buy time if there is pressure and extend a play and do all that. So hey, they're running the ball, the pocket, the play-action passes. Those are a big thing. Oh wait, you know we're covered a little bit. I gotta buy time. I don't buy time. I'm not. I'm not. You know, Allen or Mahomes or one of these other guys. That's not what I do. I'm. You know, fake it. One, two, three, four, five, they tell me on rhythm, boom, I hit the ball, I do what you say, coach. I'm not going in the backyard, carry the team guy, right? And that's being asked of him a little much right now. And I think mm-hmm. those are all the issues with your, your Lions football team.
1: So the Bears are – you see all the graphics right now uh, that all the networks have of yeah. playoff teams in the hunt. Basically, every team is on all those graphics <laughs> right now. <Because laughs> right. We told you about the AFC right. and the log jam at seven and six. But in the Bears, what are they, five and eight right now? But you look at their schedule, they're at Cleveland Browns. That'll uh-huh. be difficult. But yep. then Cardinals, Falcons, Packers – like, the Bears can win. All teams win. they can beat. They can yeah. win any of those games. Right. Uh, and if they go on a run, who who knows what I mean, what they didn't happen, lose yeah.
2: your Lions two weeks ago before Thanksgiving when they were up, right? I mean, you're sitting here going, holy shit, they're 6-7, and seven, right? You know, they're dangerous. And you, you said it, right? That those teams on their schedule right there, none of them are like, oh, yeah, they're definitely going to beat the Bears. I mean, what are, they're going to get in the game with the Browns next week, and it's going to be, you know, 17-17 late in the fourth quarter. I guarantee it. And we're going to see what happens from there. So, they're not outmatched by anybody. Uh, Cowboys up 30-13. to 13. Eagles were driving. And for the second time tonight, an Eagles receiver had the ball punched out. Devontae Smith got it punched out by, oh, uh, damn, that's, you know, that 14, the middle linebacker that plays for them. Uh, it was the safety. What the hell is his name? Bell? I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but I'm pretty close. But either way, that should close the door. Um. Yeah, it is Bell.
1: I was right. All right. So hold yeah. that thought. Okay. There's one more thing I want. Marquise Bell. Thank you, Pete. Pete helps yep. us out. I got too uh, many names in my. One head. more thing I want to give love to the Bears just to show like how good of a person I am. Yeah. Because well, I don't want to do this. No, I know. But I, I will do it because Let's they it deserve some... it. Right. Ode twelve 12, uh, 14 goes. Damn. Okay. Justin Fields and DJ Moore. We have to show the dots. Oh, we for their do. Fourth and 13 touchdown to DJ Moore. Yes. I mean, this was one of those calls. I love this call. You know me. I'm. I'm like, go for it. Like, I, be aggressive. I know. I know you you're are. in the part of the field. What it was like. It was thirty what, what was it what, what was well that? they already got
2: stopped on a fourth and one when they were controlling the game early, all right, so that was I, I was a little pissed off about that. they were up ten nothing, and they were on the bear, the forty yard line they stop yeah.
1: i'll tell you what it was a, it was a bad early start of the day for Chris because there was some fourth downs that teams converted, and like Chris hates <laughs> nothing more than that was just like <laughs> Turn come the on. games <laughs> off <laughs> getting <laughs> rewarded for going for on third down or fourth down uh, so here's the play for watching on YouTube or peacock right now yeah they're at the what thirty-eight yard 38 line? Thirty-eight yard so line, kind of in no man's and land. 13, mm-hmm.
2: right? Yeah, no man's land, and you know, ultimately, you guys jumped off sides too, right? Do I believe there was a false Correct. start? Correct, and it was right? a free play. So it was a free play, and then it adds to what we talk about. It's man to man. It's DJ Moore. How did they do that? He beats him off the line of scrimmage. I think they were worried about them throwing something over the middle, you know, for something there, and they tried to play. Let's take away the middle from Komet and maybe Mooney and they rolled the dice that Justin Fields wouldn't be able to make the throw deep down the field. I think that's probably what they did, yeah. and Fields made it. And that Fields decision, like we talk about you know, with the rest of the Bears and the head coach and all that, that's going to be interesting too because you see a game like today, some of the plays he makes with his legs and a few of the throws, you go, damn, you sure you want to give that away? You know, it's really going to be tough, and I'm not going to lie. I flip flop with it in certain weeks. You know, the Vikings game they pulled out uh, last week, I was kind of like, man, I don't know if you can keep going with this. He didn't see the field well, he missed throws during the game. Today, I watch it, and I go, shit, you got your quarterback, Bears, you're okay, right? Um, But, yeah, great showing by the Bears, really big win. And you're right, that was the the play of the day right there that kind of put the dagger in your Lions. That
1: quarterback conversation will be fascinating, and we'll have that as the draft comes because they're going to have two high draft picks or maybe just one high draft pick if they keep winning like this. they got that Carolina pick, which will be – Probably number one. Nothing yeah, like number it's number one. one. Our other headline is for the Broncos defeating the Chargers twenty-four to seven. The final score. Your headline on that game is
2: stick to their stomachs. Oh, you yes. get it. Easton stick backup quarterback got their butts whipped by the Broncos, so their stomachs are a little upset. And
1: we're we're stick to our stomach because we do have the Chargers on our exclusive Peacock game. For five ninety nine a month, best, oh, best deal in geez, streaming. Geez. Uh, I don't know that Easton Stick is the draw that Justin Herbert would have been for that game, but the no. Chargers are looking like not much of a draw at all right now. But no. the Broncos, another solid win. And Pete asked you before we started the pod, well, what jumped out to you about the Broncos? And I had to think about that, too, and Pete didn't know what you were going to say. What, what do you say?
2: Well, I, I think the, the thing that I look at is the Broncos, the defense is stingy as hell, right? Major credit to Vance Joseph. I mean, they're one of the best defenses in football the last 5 or 6 weeks in the in the game. I mean, they make no mistakes. Their coverages are sound as hell. They have a pass rush. They got good really good secondary players and they got pretty good linebackers. So there's nothing bad there. But to me, it's a little bit of just like, hey, let's not turn the ball over. Let's just hang around. Let's run the ball. You know, let's play sound football and Russell, in a few big moments, you'll make a few splash plays, right? I said that. And Pete said, oh, so you're basically – it sounds like you sounds like Russell was Seattle Seahawks. And I said, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> that's kind of what they did. Yeah. Play defense, run the ball. Hey, be conservative. Hey, Russell, don't turn it over. Don't do anything like that. And then you'll have your moment where, you know, I'll start to tell you as Sean Payton, the head coach, hey, we got this down the field. Ooh, you know, start looking for Courtland. He's matched up against this guy. And that's kind of how it works for them. Um, but." Defense makes a few plays, gets a tip pass interception, short field touchdown that way, right? Russell gets Cortland Sutton on a deep pass down the field and, and, and man coverage, which was a unbelievable one-handed catch. Did you see that? Sutton yeah. held off the guy with one arm and then caught it with his right arm in the back of the end zone really easily, but really, hey, ultimately, yeah, the Broncos played well, and I felt like they played – Once Justin Herbert went out, they went, wait, we're going to win this game. So if we have to be a little more conservative on the offensive side of the ball, so be it. We're not going to let Khalil Mack or somebody, you know, get a strip sack, and all of a sudden the Chargers are back in this one.
1: Plug-and-play 16. What up, unbuttoned crew? What up, plug-and-play 16? What up, plug-and-play? Damn okay. Cortland Sutton, another week, another insane contested catch. One game back of the Chiefs. Who would have thought it? Go Broncos. And so now Russell Wilson... With a touchdown pass in this one. He is the first Denver Broncos quarterback since Peyton Manning, and he was pretty good, in yeah. 2013, with a touchdown pass in each of the first 13 games of a season. Right. Sean Peyton's got him going again. He has 23 touchdown passes. He has eight interceptions on the year. Um, but, yeah, I don't think we, we specifically said what the injury was to Justin Herbert. It's a fractured right index finger. It is
2: a fractured. I, I didn't. Left I don't think I ever quarter. heard the official thing. I figured he it's broke a fracture, his finger.
1: so they're going to have some tests done. MRI. I mean, that's going to be hard. They're five and eight right now. Yeah. it's on the throwing hand. Not many weeks left. That might be it on the year for Justin Herbert. We don't know yet, but it could be. And that also might be it for Brandon Staley. Yeah,
2: I, I think it's all coming to an end. I don't think there's any doubt that Brandon Staley's in, in big trouble. And never proud to talk about a guy losing a job or anything like that, but that's just the world we're in here. And I think you know. After, I think, you know, you look at Ron Rivera, him, it kind of feels like the writing's on the wall with with the way the the team is going, the season's going, the trajectory they're on. There's issues. And then, of course, there's, hey, he's a defensive coach. Their defense hasn't been good. You know, they mess up situations. They get a short field interception to start the game and go for it on fourth and three and don't get it and come away with no points. You're the Chargers. You just stole a possession. Get some fucking points and go up 3-0. Like, okay, if your team was great and all that, that's great. But, like, here you are. You know the team you're playing kind of good. They want the game ugly. Nobody's been scoring points on the Broncos, right? Russell's been smart in every game except last week against Houston and Stroud in the fourth quarter, right? Just take the three you know, started that way. I didn't agree with that. I thought that was an issue there. The rest of the fourth downs are pretty good for everybody else today. Like you (laughs) like to make fun of me. But that one, that one bothered me. Uh, But yeah, you know, the Broncos know who they are. And I think I look at their game plan every week and go, I really, they played it the right way for who they are as a football team. And to our man, plug and play. Yeah, Sutton's a number one. You know, he's a superstar receiver. He had a bad knee injury that set him back for about a year and a half, really. And I feel like this year is the first year we've seen him back to the guy he used to be, where if you're one-on-one of them, he can run by you, and even if he's covered, you throw it up to him either way. Good to see. And Jerry Judy dropped a few balls today that yeah. should have been caught. It was not a good day
1: for him. Denver, despite those drops by Jerry Judy, have yeah. won six of their last seven games. Do want to note Keenan Allen in this game had six catches. He has 108 receptions this season now. Yeah. He has already set the Chargers fan- franchise record.
2: Yeah, they're, he's, he's all they got right now. Austin Eckler not their, is not playing good, right? So he's their guy, you know. And, and they got a young receiver in Quentin Johnson who's still finding his way. So they feature almost every drop back pass play is like Keenan Allen's the first read. Hopefully he gets open, and if he's not open. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see where it goes from there. In two weeks, 599
1: to watch Keenan Allen extend his lead in the Chargers reception Hey, Herbert is a
2: tough SOB who's like a robot, big and strong. He's going to try to throw with this broken finger. He's going to try. Now, whether he can do it, and it's an index, you said, right? Yeah, index so finger. The index, just for everybody out there, I would say, if you made me pick a finger to throw with that's broken – I would probably go with the index. Mm. It's the least pressure on the ball altogether. My index finger, my pointer finger, is really just there on the ball. Now, where it's going to hurt is when you let it go, and that happens, mm. right? That's what's going to hurt. And your your hand flops and your fingers flop, that's when he's going to go, oh, my gosh, my finger feels like it's broken. And we're going to go, yeah, it is broken, actually. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> A shame for him. Sorry, Chargers. Way to go Broncos. Uh, we
1: are burying the lead though, too. The Chargers are playing Josh Allen and the Bills. So right. he's worth So, he's worth so the we'll just put Josh the, Allen on yeah, the
2: peacock thing it's and, fine. and we will leave it at that.
1: It's all working. Who out. cares who else is out there? That was Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy-six yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also seventy-six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal. And when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Uh,
1: two minutes to go in our Sunday night game, so we have some time to go through uh, another game here. Another couple games here because we have the section now. Backups come up big, especially versus the AFC South. And we got the Browns beating the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence, no backup in this game. No. Miraculously, after being turned like a pretzel last game, came back, played in this game. A loss, though, did throw three interceptions, so maybe he should not have played. But, hey, looks fine out there. And I think it's one of those situations where if Trevor Lawrence can play a whole game like that, you play Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that's right. right.
2: There's, there's no – you don't doubt that at all. I that's know, exactly right. And, And I don't think – his play was because of his ankle or anything like that, right? You know, I'm sure it wasn't perfect. I'm sure, yeah, there'd probably be a few plays where he would go, oh, I would have ran here or maybe moved. But I didn't look at it and go, oh, man, he's, he's having a hard time throwing the ball the way he wants because he can't step into anything, right? There was none of that. So I don't think that's a – legitimate excuse for that. Is he 100%? Of course not. Could he make some of the plays he usually makes outside of the pocket? Of course not. It wasn't the same there. But I don't sit here and go, oh, their game plan wasn't the same. They had to cut out plays of their offense because Trevor couldn't throw the ball in the pocket. That was not the case.
1: Nick Chubb for Prez. I wonder who uh – he that, roots for, yeah. or she. Damn okay Browns, they have beaten four of the six AFC playoff teams, including the number one seed, multiple injuries, four different starting quarterbacks, and have a one-game lead on all <laughs> other AFC card teams. And they're doing it with that man you're seeing on YouTube right now, Joe Flacco outdueled Trevor Lawrence 311 yards, three touchdowns. Did have a couple turnovers, that's okay, we'll overlook that because he won the game, but I mean, this is Pretty crazy for a guy who turns, what, 57 in a week or
2: something. It's like insane. In both weeks, they've had to ask him to throw 40-something right. balls, right? That's where I was like, what? You know, I was expecting like, hey, Joe's, you know, 16 for 22, right? Something like that in a football game both weeks. They're going like, hey, can you carry the team and make, you know, 50 right reads for us here every game? That's where it's shocking, you know. Great game planning early on. It was all boots and play action passes. David and Joku, they had the fourth down play. They go for it on fourth and short to prove me wrong. Joku wide open, touchdown, yeah. great job by them, right? You know, they had it going on early. They really did. Um, then the – the the what was it? A flat goal. I want to say it was a, a – f- oh, no. The Browns totally controlling the game. He throws the slant route to Amari Cooper, who gets a nice little game. He gets stripped. And that kind of jump-started the Jaguars, right, and what they do. But the bottom line is the Jaguars' D is concerning right now, right? It's concerning. They're just letting up too many big plays in in every facet, let alone Joe Flacco and company, you know, having their way with you in the pass game. So that concerns me. And then the other side of that is, when you can't run the ball against Cleveland and you have to throw the ball close to 50 times, they're going to make five or six plays in the game. They're going to cause, cause four turnovers, right? You know that that's, They're special there. You, you can't drop back that many times against that group and think you're going to you know come away and go, oh, we won the game and we played clean on offense. There, there's no way. They just got too many guys, whether it's Newsom, Emerson, the strip sacks, whatever. They got people everywhere. Uh, you know, there's too many playmakers altogether, but big win for the Browns. And, like, kind of unbelievable what they're doing with Joe Flacco here.
1: Browns Bungle says, damn okay, Miles Garrett. He didn't put up a huge box score, only recording the one sack on the two-point attempt. However, he was a game record, constantly taking up two or three blockers and opening other guys up. And that takes us to Inside the Numbers, powered by AWS. We'll take a look at Miles Garrett versus Blake Hantz. And next gen stats tells us that Miles Garrett generated all 9 of his pressures after the Jaguars backup left tackle Blake Hans replaced the starter yeah. Ezra Cleveland during the second quarter. Sorry Blake Hans, you've made the podcast for the first time and we're talking about you getting beat by Miles I Garrett. I know
2: well, Sorry. and he's the, he's he's really the third string guy. I mean Ezra Cleveland's the backup to Walker Little who got hurt last week too. So it's like they're down the line there. Part of the reasons why, yeah. You know, Trevor got hit a lot. They couldn't run the ball. Uh, there, there was issues across the board there. That that, that team, not only is their front four good to get after the quarterback, Schwartz does like what we talk about a lot of times. He just goes, well, I'm not just going to rely. I'm going to give them some help every now and then. We're going to do some crazy blitzes or fake a few crazy blitzes to give Miles Garrett an edge, right? And, you know, you, you, you talk about that game. Again, I talked about – it was 14 nothing. Amari Cooper fumbles, Jags get a 12-yard touchdown drive. It goes 14-7. Momentum goes back to the Jaguars. They get a stop. They get the ball. They dr- they drive right down the field. And Trevor tries to throw, like, a skinny post to the left. I think it was to Calvin Ridley. Ridley wasn't even turned around looking. And Emerson got the interception, and they were in the red zone or maybe fringe red zone. That was another huge moment of the football game. Uh that I went whoa, you know, saved them there, right? Then to go up twenty-one to seven, the the that was the Jaguars were backed up, and the receiver uh, Washington fumbled, and I can't remember who caused that fumble. It might have been Walker, the the linebacker number five, but those were two big moments in the game where Jaguars drove down and you were going, oh man, they're gonna they're gonna tie this up or make it fourteen ten. They get an interception. Right. It's fourteen-seven. 7 The Browns offense was stalling and you're going, man, here goes the Jags again. Damn it. The Browns are going to be able to keep, you know hang in here and their defense makes a big play. Gets Joe Flacco and company a short field and they go on a 22 yard touchdown drive. They go up two scores. So those were huge moments in the football game. And, and you know, they're Browns D they're, that drives the Cleveland Browns for sure.
1: And that was inside the numbers powered by A.W.S. Cleveland Browns 8-5. and five. They have won games with four different starting quarterbacks. Oh,
2: it's amazing. And then, like, to your love and the theme of the day, the fourth and three play mm-hmm. call, mm-hmm. right? Did you love that? Were you doing cartwheels oh there? Oh, my gosh. Fourth and three, they throw it over to Bell, a little bunch on the right, and, it, you know, Jacksonville got a little confused about who has who. That was the play of the day. They put them up 28-14, you know, 12 minutes left yeah. in the fourth quarter, You got the and, ball. And they never really rel- yeah. relinquished the lead.
1: You got the ball midfield, right? You yeah. want to make something happen yeah. there, and they could have gone three and out and yeah. punted right there, but right. they go, oh, let's go for a fourth and three, 41-yard touchdown later. Yeah, you take the 28-14 lead, and really it got closer at the end there, but that was once the game was already over, I will say. Uh, let's move on to the Bengals, defeating the Colts 34-14 in this one. Jake Browning, how about that? He is the second quarterback since 1950 with a 70% completion percentage and a 95 rating in each of his first three career starts since Chad Pennington. That's what I, when I was watching him. I was like, man, that's he like did. Chad Pennington. I haven't seen that. I don't know why I started off with that one, but Pete did put that in there, and so that that's the stat that you just got. Uh, it wasn't really Jake Browning. He the a little dump-off pass to Chase Brown and went 50 yards. Yeah. And showed this, a guy that you've liked,
2: too. Oh, one of, of our ability. top five running backs coming out in the draft this year. Right? We like him a lot. But Browning, what he's – what he's doing, excuse me, as I burp in the microphone yeah, there. Yeah, you did, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Um, you wanted football coverage? We're giving <laughs> you football coverage. Yeah. We swear and burp in the microphone <laughs> over here. Yeah. But it, it's good. One, I think we're seeing the culture of the, the, the Bengals, a team that's been, you know, AFC championship. They're kind of saying to everybody, like, hey, fuck you. We're a good team. And it's not just about our $50 million quarterback. We're good, right? And Browning looks like a B- B version of of Joe Burrow. I mean, he throws like him. He moves in the pocket like him. And, you know, makes a lot of really good intermediate quarterbacky type of throws right but yeah I mean to your point the game starts and they were rolling he throws a pass over the middle to Boyd for a big throw he throws another pass to Chase over the middle and then he drops the screen to Brown for a 54-yard touchdown and you know kind of got them started and really throughout the day you kind of felt like they moved the ball on a pretty consistent basis and then
1: overcame the adversity had the pick six to Harrison oh that's right yeah, it was a weird play, kind of, because it stuck on the receiver's hand there. That yep. Harrison wasn't even looking for the ball, just and then it ended up in his hands, hands and right and in his
2: chest, and he ran away with it. And uh, yeah, we were in a game there at you're, fourteen all, where tied. you felt like the Colts were being outplayed. Colts had really only had one drive the whole game, right to that point.
1: Colts who had been playing well too up to that point, and yep. then uh, and then they come back
2: and and they don't score again. Don't score again. To I think like shocked that. Again, the Colts couldn't run the football for the second week in a row. You know, didn't run it very good against Tennessee. right? Didn't run it very well yesterday or today. That was kind of surprising. The other thing that I, I think you, you see with the Colts is their secondary is concerning a little bit. That, that's the biggest issue to me for the, the Colts football team. They're not a ton of talent back there. Their pass rush and their D-line is good, but not so good that it can protect – A not very good secondary, if that makes sense. So that that to me is one of their big problems, and that to me was, you know, the area in which the the Bengals had their way all day, right? Uh, So that that's the problem, you know. Colts D line good, but when they don't get there, they can't get there in a hurry. You know, you see their back end get exposed a little bit. And, uh, yeah, they got pretty handled today by the Cincinnati Bengals, who certainly seem like they've caught a second wind here and and figuring out how they want to play without Joe Burrow.
1: Let's take a break in this backups come up big section Yeah, to talk about Sunday night football. It is Whoa, going final. but it's over. Breaking news, the Dallas Cowboys have done it. They continue their hot streak at home. They beat the Eagles. They've proven to everyone that they can beat an elite team. Eagles looked a little slow. They're better than the Eagles. What?
2: I, there's, there, I, I they're can't, better than them in Dallas. They're better than them all together right now. The Eagles are not playing good football. I, I don't know what to say. I've never seen a team look like the Eagles and then go on and win a Super Bowl. I'll say that. that that's, that's where it's, it's a little crazy right now. two consecutive weeks. Like, I don't know a lot of stories in Super Bowl history where a team wins the Super Bowl after losing to the two teams that are in the upper tier with them like that in a regular season game. You know, that, you know, outplayed by the Bills. I think we all agree outplayed by the Chiefs, right? Skirted by a bunch of teams that we felt like they were better than early in the year. There's concerns in Philly. They're still really damn good. I know that. They're probably still going to win out here and end up being, you know, 14-3. and three. They do have the
1: – I learned this from Steve Kornacki on Football Night in it's America. It's ridiculous. They have the easiest schedule, not of just the playoff teams or the teams Everybody. trying for the number one seed, of every team
2: the rest of the way out. Seattle, the Giants twice, and the Cardinals. Yeah, that's pretty damn good. They should be able to – handle that that load right there but the 49ers now
1: have the inside track or no 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 I guess if the yeah. Eagles still went out no. no no
2: the 49ers got them now they have the same record yeah. and the 49ers beat them head that's up true. Okay. so that's all that that's all that happens there now you know but but you know again the Eagles I know they're really good it's not about that it's just that you know really good with the offense having too many stagnant moments lately you know the pass game not looking good their run game not creative enough their defense is just you know you probably heard me in the viewing room a little tonight it's just like we talk about hey hey it's cover two they line up in cover two it's just a little too easy for the quarterback and the play caller at times right and you know within that and some of the coverages they call too I just I don't think they run them at a high level so yeah there's some issues right there and then they caught a team and where I will say like right now at this moment Dallas is hot I mean we all thought Dallas was playing better than Philadelphia coming in this football game, but we were all just like the same thing. Like, Dallas hasn't really played anybody. Are they as good as we think they are? This confirms it. It is. I mean, to to win like that against the Philadelphia Eagles at home, I mean, there, there's not much more that has to be said right there than, than the final scoreboard. Dak Prescott playing at an MVP level. Definitely. Maybe he will
1: be the MVP. MVP. Uh, Tony Pollard getting going a little bit. Yeah, Dowdle has shown some definitely
2: nice little compliment. periods of uh, That's right. good production
1: there. Yep. and in the receiving game. Yeah, yeah, I've always liked Michael Gallup. I yeah. think he's a steady receiver. Right. But you have C.D. Lamb, who's a superstar. Looks yeah. like it at least. Right. And then you got this Jake Ferguson, this tight end right. emerging now.
2: It's pretty pretty impressive what Not he's bad. become for their offense. Uh, I think it's you know a little bit like we talked about on our breakdown of Football Night in America. Got to give credit one. You know, the quarterback, like you said, he's real. I give credit to Mike McCarthy. You know, you remember we were making fun of him after that 49ers game. I wrote a few of the plays in my notes and I was like, whoa, whoop-de-doo. You ran this against yeah. the, the 49ers? Yeah,
1: you wrote those. I didn't. I, I know, was not I making did. fun right, of you. I tried I to
2: add you into that. I say, like, <laughs> I that. We, we. Yeah. I wrote those. Yeah, because yeah. I was going, whoop-de-doo. I didn't stick up for him, though. So I will take part of the ownership of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're, you're like checking it. Were you right about that? If you're right, then I've got your back. If you're not, <laughs> yeah. I didn't say Yeah, yeah. Are we all laughing at him? Then I will laugh at him, too. Uh, yeah. But. I do think that was kind of the turning point where they realized like we, we can't be living in this 10 yard box. Like we got a quarterback who can really throw it downfield. We got some heated receivers that can really get open downfield. We can protect a little bit, you know, and they got a tight end that does it all. Ferguson's awesome in the run game and the pass game. So yeah, Dallas is flying high. They really are. And you know, I always, you know, worry about them getting pushed around by the Eagles in these type of football games the eagles the other issue with them and part of them and I don't even want to I'm not blaming the guys in the team I think their scheme is too simple on offense too mm. you know you go back you watch their run plays they got like 3 4 run plays they run that's it that's not going to be enough to beat dallas and the 49ers and some of the the better teams in, in football so that's where it's uh, you know got to see a little bit more creativity, I think, from them on that well, side.
1: Lockdown CB tweets us and says, "How badly do the Eagles need their coordinators back?"
2: Yeah, that's that's to me the the unspoken truth here. Like when I hear, I see lists, and Brian Johnson's a head coaching candidate. I want to the offensive coordinator for the Eagles. I want to go. What? Like, are we are we watching the same game? Are we just going, wait, they're winning, and he's the offensive coordinator? It's like the MVP thing? He's winning. They're the offensive coordinator. He's the next head coach of our team. What are you talking about? Stop. It's his first year as a play caller. He's been his whole life in college. You know Their offense is an all-star team, and it's not showing at an all-star level right now on the offensive side of the ball. Same with the defense. They definitely miss those coordinators. Steichen and Gannon were fucking special. All right, so these guys are kind of still finding their way on both sides of the ball. They're not that yet, uh, but they better hurry up and find it here soon or at least find something else to add to the you know, arsenal, the attack, whatever. Or they're not going to stay in the playoff, you know, as long as they, they they'd like to or expect to in Philadelphia.
1: By the way, Landon Dickerson, yeah. in this game, Pete notes was flagged for offensive offside on a tush push, like you I mentioned. Thought I saw it at yeah. the top of the pod. So another example of how the NFL is emphasizing. They're sick call of season.
2: the offensive line and offensive players being able to crowd to the ball, over the bar, whatever. And then if the defense is like even close to the football, they're get like, yeah, offsides for sure. The, the, the defenses have complained. Defensive head coaches, coordinators, they all complained. And the NFL, rightly so, adjusted. And I think that's right. But, you know, I know that Cowboys defense is good. But the, for the Philadelphia Eagles to only, their offense to only score six points in the game? Like, come on. I just am shocked by that. Let alone the way they looked last week. None of them are playing particularly well. The scheme isn't good. It's a full-fledged, not going up to our potential right now in Philadelphia, and you could say that throughout with everybody. And they've got some get-right games, though. They do. Like you mentioned, so they will have some opportunities
1: to start feeling better about themselves, but don't feel pretty
2: good right now. Well, yeah, they slip up, you know. Now they can be, oh, we're on the road in the wild card. Dallas won the the East, right? That's what they have to worry about. But Dallas schedule has still got some meat left on the bone. That's that's the difference. Dallas has Buffalo and Miami and Detroit the next three weeks. So, you know, they got to get out of that stretch there where you definitely feel more comfortable about the Eagles uh, home, down the home stretch.
1: So wait, so yeah, they still, Pete says they'd still win the and if, the, if they East, win, out, win the division, if they win right out right
2: now, they're behind. If they end, if they win out because of their division record, the conference record against conference the NFC, record, yeah. they win that tiebreaker if they win out. So, if both teams win out, the Eagles will be the number two seed, the Cowboys will go to the number five seed. Got it. Yeah.
1: All right. So, that's our Sunday night football game. Maybe 30 million people
2: watch that. I would think for a, yeah. Yeah, I, I would think that Jalen Carter picking it up for a fumble Help kept us. everybody like, oh, I was just about to turn it off. I'm gonna keep watching now because the Eagles might come back in this yeah. one. And they right? go, I want to
1: hear what Chris Sims has to say after the game, not knowing that he's doing a podcast. Yeah, there's no post game. Well, show yeah,
2: on. and they're like, wait, Ahmad Fried might say the fuck word again, so we gotta <laughs> tune in here. If anything is <laughs> gonna get him
1: to do it, it's his Eagles performance today. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: so uh, Eagles go down. Cowboys get another big, big win. We go back to backups who came up big. Um,
2: <laughs> I said the F word and then actually said the word. I don't know why. I just didn't say it full-fledged that's the whole time. we do. That's a fuck we do. word. Uh, all right, hold on. i got to get
1: to the Dominican Republic, so we got to get this rolling <laughs> again here. Uh, it, so that Cowboys win was a little bit of a shock that they did it that much. Yeah, I, I, I would say that's a little bit of a shock. 13. But this next game was the biggest shock of the day, the biggest by far, that the Jets scored 30, first of all, I think was a huge shock. And the fact that they beat the Titans, thir- or te- Titans Texans, 30-6, to uh, that no one expected that, really, um, coming into the day. Although, did someone pick, did Matthew Barry say he picked the Jets or something like no, that? No, well, Was...
2: Jay Croucher picked this as the bet of the week. Jay Croucher picked it. That's my right. line. He said, this is set up for the Jets. They're going to win this football game. How so, did Jay- he know that? Now I know why he's made a living on gambling. I mean, <laughs> right? what the fuck? I need to talk to Jay more because he's all over everything. If anybody's not listening to Jay, you're crazy. Because like, he's a sharp or a shark, a shark or whatever the hell you want to call it where they beat Vegas, he's one of those guys. So Zach Wilson goes for over 300 yards like in Like I game. said, it was backwards day in the <laughs> NFL. Flacco out duels. Trevor. Fucking Zach Wilson's going, hey, best rookie quarterback i ever seen. Who are you? I'm the greatest thing ever. Ryan
1: Watson goes, damn okay, Zach Wilson. Remarkable performance under the circumstances. Love the response from that young man. Keep up the great work, unbuttoned fam. Yeah, first career game with 300 or more yards passing and zero interceptions for him. Uh, CJ Stroud, as you can see if you're watching on YouTube and Peacock right now, 10 of 23, 91 yards. His
2: worst game as a pro so far. Crazy. His two worst games are, you know, the Panthers and the the Jets, not exactly world beaters, right? But two teams that have g- very good defenses with offenses that are not helping their defenses out. But, I mean, this was some really ugly football forever, right? I mean, you were going, damn, I don't know, is anybody ever yeah. going to score? Is anything? But even within that, in the first half. There was plays by Zach Wilson and throws where you're just like, damn, that was a good throw. Damn, he looks comfortable, right? It didn't result in anything. But then the third quarter came around, and that continued. You know, that first drive of the third quarter, I mean, he made some big throws. I want to say that was the big drive where he hit the seam up the right side and threw a great back shoulder to Conklin at one point. But, I mean, a lot of eye-popping throws from the New York Jets and Zach Wilson got, you know, Garrett Wilson involved throughout the day and got Brees Hall involved. And that's, to me, it's where it starts. Like, if Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson don't touch the ball plus five times, then there's something wrong, Jets. They should go out of your way to give them the ball, no matter what. I don't care how it is. got to give them the ball in all ways possible. This game, I was wondering who, right, Kasala D'Amico Ryans, old 49ers coaches, right, Bobby Slowick, 49ers, you know, offensive coach, I was wondering what play caller might have a better feel for the other team's scheme, right? You know, D'Amico Ryan learned from Robert Sala, right? So, I, you know, I was all week going, you know, I, mean, I wonder if, you know, D'Amico will be able to teach, you know, C.J. Stroud some of the rules of what the, the Jets do and they might be able to expose him. But it looked like it was almost it was the exact opposite. It didn't look like it almost was. It was. It was, it was the exact opposite. I mean, C.J. Stroud, nothing open all day long. Injuries were a part of this, right? Nico Collins got hurt early in the football game. They had no Dalton Schultz, that hurt. Of course, this is no Tank Dell. So they're a little undermanned in that way.
1: And then CJ Stroud himself left in the then fourth quarter. Hurt. Right. Now the game was over at that point. It didn't yeah. really
2: matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just I shocked. Like one of those where I kinda can't wait to just go, What did the Jets do to a Texas defense that I got a little respect for, and we saw last week, Russell Wilson and the Broncos, other than like three passes, couldn't really do shit in the past game. So that was really uh, awesome to see, and Zach Wilson looked phenomenal. I've never seen him look like that, as comfortable, as accurate, accurate on all throws, right? We've seen him make big plays. Yeah. But today was like, whoa, was a real quarterback working the pocket, working, you know, working his eyes, location, all of that was top-notch. In the rain with a wet ball. Right? didn't really lose control of the ball either. You know, producer Matt Casey, who's a frustrated Jets fan, he was the one that kept, like, pointing that out to me. He's going, Wilson's, like, really spinning in the rain. Like, he's not – and I was I was equally a shock because every time I look over, I go, damn, piss missile, rifle, you know, perfect spiral in the rain. Not all
1: quarterbacks can do that. The Jets are now 4-1 this season when they have scored at least
2: 14 points. Gosh, well, see, that just tells you. Some of the Jets fans think the Jets' defense is overrated, Right. You know, mainly because people said 85 Bears early in the year where it's like nobody can live up to that. I mean, other than the 2000 Ravens, but they kind of put themselves in that position. Uh, But, yeah, it's like we always talk about their defense is awesome. It's one of the top in football. If their offense was able to help them. Right. I think it would be a top in football.
1: This game was zero zero. Yes, at halftime that's what ends I was up thirty to six. Right. Our next game was also zero zero at halftime and almost ended up zero to zero. The Vikings got just Did enough. Do we have though. to talk
2: about this game
1: real quick? All right. Vikings win three nothing. It is the lowest scoring game since two thousand seven. Daily Norseman said, "Has a city's NFL team and their NHL team ever won by the same score on the same day?" I'm guessing no. So I guess the Minnesota
2: Wild—they must have won three nothing. Won three nothing. I don't know. Either way, it was a hockey score. We know that. I mean, it was 0-0 the whole game until the two-minute warning. Like, I don't even know how to break this game down. I felt like every every time I looked up, I was like, somebody's at their own 40 and they're punting. Somebody's at their own 40 and they're punting. Somebody's at their own 40 and they're punting. Josh Dobbs got pulled. Right. Nick Mullins came into the
1: game, so they were searching for things. But in the end... It was the Vikings' defense that was just a little bit better. Tad Funderman says, damn okay, Brian Flores. His defense has been a top-five unit in the league the last few weeks. They got their second shutout in the last 30 seasons.
2: Well, that's, that's amazing, that's actually. That's Damn. The D is, both of these Ds are really good. Both of these Ds are so well-coached, they outperform their talent on the field, in my opinion. Right? You know that, That's the big thing. I know the Vikings missed a field goal at one point. I can't remember when that was in the game. I do remember seeing that, you know. I also remember the biggest play of the day, I thought, in my opinion, was saw a big play by Renfro in the past game. I want to say it was early third quarter. Raiders were driving. They hit Renfro again, and he was stripped. And they were in field goal position at that time. And, of course, that would have been a first down. He got stripped, I believe, by Metellus, right? And that was the, one of the few times, if not the only time, I felt like the Raiders were actually on a drive to score and be a threat and, you know, of course, that ended up not happening and, and the Vikings defense stood strong. I think it was proper that they make the quarterback change. Right. It's it's been it was a nice story. You know, I know he came in a relief against the Falcons and won the game. And then the next week they won the game that he started. I can't remember who that was against. But, you know, the Bears game was not a good look. And of course, today was not a good look either. Nick Mullins is going to know the offense better, and I think Nick Mullins is a more gifted thrower than Josh Dobbs, mm. so let's see if he can do something here. Dobbs' sanity is over. It's over. It's over. Yes, it is.
1: Uh, but they did win. They're 7-6 right now. Uh, good news with Justin Jefferson, too, who left in the second quarter with a chest injury and yeah. some reports that he was going to the, hospital, going to the hospital, too. He was the hospital, right? Uh, Kevin O'Connell said after the game, we feel pretty encouraged about the early news on Justin. We'll have to see on a short week how he's able to turn over from this. So that is actually better news than what we thought. When he left uh, in the game, so they get a win. Three nothing was the final score. We go to the NFC South. Will be won by some team. <laughs> that is Section. true. Although we determined that maybe Facts. it will just be lost by three teams. Well, yes. maybe that's well, what will happen. Well, I, I think
2: that's why this game right here we're about to talk to fits right right in that mold. I mean, did the Bucks win or did the Falcons lose? Buccaneers, I think won. You this think game. they won? Don't you think? Well, I okay, mean. Okay, hold on. 29 okay. 25, yep, the final set score. It up.
1: The Buccaneers control their own path now to the NFC South title, so they could be the team that actually does win this thing. And they have beaten every other NFC South team this season. Uh, Baker Mayfield made plays at the end of the game. That's what he does. So that would be the argument that they won this game. I agree. Agreed. What's the argument that they lost this Well, the argument the Falcons lost the
2: this fa- game. The argument I would make to this game that they lost it is two missed field goals... You know, Now, both were 50 yards, but Koo is as good as it gets in football, right? They have the Desmond Ritter holds the ball too long in the end zone, and they get safety. Desmond Ritter throws a screen pass to the right on the five-yard line, and it gets intercepted, which we thought was a pick six at first, but it ended up being like he got touched as he was falling down Carlton Davis. So, you know, they got nine points in the first half where I want to go – it was the Falcons fucking it up, let alone they didn't make field goals that, you know, normally they make one of those two, if not both coup. So I know I don't want to take advantage. My, my point, I think, is this, and you've heard it over and over. I think the Falcons are the best team in the conference, but I their quarterback's not the best. And to your point, you know, the Bucks have playmakers. Whether it's Vita Vey or Winfield or, you know, Devin White, when he's healthy, he can make plays. Carlton Davis is an in-your-face type corner. And then they got Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin, who, you know, they could go all game not moving the ball. And all of a sudden you look up and you go, whoa, it was a three-play 80-yard touchdown drive. And then they get the ball again the next drive and you go, you know, they've done nothing all game except those last three plays. And they go, whoa, it was a six-play 80-yard touchdown drive. So they are explosive that way. And Baker is by far the most explosive quarterback in the NFC, South. And that's why they're right now on the inside track to win it. Rashad
1: White was used a lot. Yeah, he was. 25 carries, 102 yards. That's right. And then he also had that screen pass. He took 31 yards for the touchdown. He was a playmaker for them If they
2: can run the ball a little with Baker and Evans in the pass game, uh, they could be dangerous that way. And like I said, their defense has been disappointing to me. It's got better talent than what it's putting out on the football field. There's playmakers there. So, you know, like I said, I think the Falcons are the best team. Um, I don't think the Bucs are very far behind, and the Bucs can make big plays and have a little bit more of a, what do I want to say, grittiness like liking of the big moments with Baker. They're used to it a little bit where like when Desmond Ritter gets in certain moments, I bite my nails. I'm like, I don't know what he's going to do. What's going to happen here. I don't know. He made some big throws and some big plays in this game. Don't get me wrong. He did some good things. Uh, it's just, I still don't trust him all the way.
1: 347 yards for him. But here's my, I
2: got London and Pitts going in this game. London was good. He was great. 172. John made some big time plays too. John's
1: gone over 1100 scrimmage yards this year. So far, you kind of had that discussion with who was it with uh, Devin about who's been better. I said, who'd you you
2: take Gibbs or yeah, I just asked him, right. Who'd you take Gibbs or Robinson? He goes, uh, I still think I'd take Robinson. He goes, I think Robinson might look a little different if he was on the lions. And I thought that was a valid point. It's close. It really is close.
1: Uh, Robinson had a couple of good runs in this one. I would have oh, said Gibbs, did. and then Robinson, I think, heard us talking about that and wanted to make sure that he makes a big Robinson has a little points. more
2: power and a little more wiggle. In a straightaway race, he's not beating Gibbs, though. Gibbs has got a third rocket up his ass. When he hits a seam, you go, whoa, he's, the one, he's got one of that, that type of play. But
1: I would, I would say this about Ritter. Uh, I think he is not good enough to overcome – the bad mistakes that he that's makes what i'm every saying game.
2: that's what i'm saying it's like you it know, tips the balance there's things the i scale. like that's what i'm not all i'm trying to say there's things i like he could still be the quarterback of the future but yeah it's just it's two or three plays every game where i just go ah oh, or scratch my head and i just go what is he doing or looking at or whatever and they're not good enough to overcome those two or three head scratchers that he does. And there's just not been enough clean, consistent play from Desmond Ritter. And, and of course, that's hurt them a number of times this year.
1: But they're 6-7, and seven and they're in it because they'll always be in it. And every team will always be in it in the NFC South, except for the Carolina Panthers, who lost again to the New Orleans Saints 28-6, to the final score. So it is a three-way tie with Tampa, Atlanta, and the Saints uh, in the— in NFC South. South. But and Tampa's so, got the
2: tiebreakers.
1: So uh, here is the uh, remaining schedule if you're watching on YouTube and Peacock. I'm trying to assess in real time who has the easier schedule from here on out. So Tampa maybe has the hardest Tampa's one at, at Green, Green Bay. Bay.
2: They got Jacksonville, New Orleans at Carolina. Yeah. Wow. You know, Falcons isn't going to be easy at Carolina, Indy at home, at Chicago. We know that's going to be tough. Like we talked about at New Orleans. Damn. Yeah, I would say it's pretty equal. Enough across games. The We're not worried about Carolina on the right of the screen. They're not winning the division no matter what. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Saints, they got some meat too. Tampa still, Rams, and of course the Falcons. They're going to figure this out themselves. All the games against each, each other. Hey, that's what I'm saying. This, uh, get all the games out. against each that's other. Right.
1: Although they'll all probably split them. And so we'll <laughs> end up right back to where we are right back now. Back to tiebreakers. Uh, what'd you make of the Saints uh, workmanlike? 28 to 6, taking care of business against the Panthers.
2: Yeah, uh, the Saints are frustrating. As always, right? I just think that this is a game where Carr made one or two big plays down the football field, but more more than anything, it's just, you know, their defense won this game. Against the Carolina offense, it's crappy. There's just not much much to it. You know? They can they ran the ball. I think that was the big thing today. They kinda got back to like Carolina football that we saw from last year, dominating the line of scrimmage, doing all of that. But yeah, it's just It's too hard for them to finish drives off. They just can't rely on the pass game at all at certain moments in Carolina. And like I said, it's not all Bryce Young or anything like that. But, you know, uh, they're another team almost like you're talking about Atlanta. Like, they got to play perfect, and if they make mistakes, they're just not good enough to overcome.
1: Well, it's like I'm looking at their two field goal drives. They had two field goals in this game. Their first one was 12 plays, 46 yards. And their second one was 12 plays, 75 yards. It's work.
2: And, you know, (laughs) They're, they're They really end up, you know, field goal. I mean, field position becomes an issue for them. You know, they get stuck in their own end a lot and then they punt the ball and the Saints get it at midfield and they get a few plays and oh, hey, we're in field goal position or hey, we hit one big pass and now, you know, we got a touchdown or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, it it's really goes all back to Carolina's offense, their inability to be consistent, their ab- inability to make any big plays in the pass game, foot field position, do all of that, and slowly but surely just got worn down by the, the Saints football team. I mean, they did have 200
1: yards on the ground. It kinda, I know. Like you said, it kind of yeah. remnants of what they did very right. well last year. Miles Sanders had 74, Chuba Hubbard had 87, but not enough playmakers, Pete saying in my ear. Benjamin Patrick wants to know from you. He goes, just cut it to me straight. Should I stop being
2: a Panthers fan? <laughs> no, don't give up yet. You'll Wait, be, yet? Yeah, not yet. What, uh, is, he, what is he waiting for? Well, I don't for? know. Don't don't give up at all, okay? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, one, you know, why did you expect this year to be so special anyways? I think
1: it's depressing, though, in the fact that you're right. There's no playmakers around uh, Bryce Young. Offensive line's been bad. He's, he's been given nothing. But still, you'd like to see. Like, where's the hope? Where's the, Where's
2: the hope? Yeah, exactly. I, I you know, there's, I, I hear you. Where's the hope? The hope is that you got a quarterback who we knew was a little bit of a reach for the number one pick. Anyways, he's gonna take some time to get her in the, you know, used to the NFL. Your your coach just got fired. You traded away your best offensive player to get the quarterback. It's gonna take some time to figure it out. It is you know. So that's the hope. Your defense has a bunch of awesome football players, and the hope is that. In the NFL we've seen one year, you can flip one off season, you could flip around your total football team. That that's what we know. So, you know, I, I think that's that's the the hope that you're looking for. But yeah, they're they're not good enough to have punts blocked when I mean, we don't block anybody, or you know, fumbles or strip sacks by Bryce Young, none of that. They can't overcome that stuff. They're not good enough right now.
1: Uh, They got the Falcons and Packers in the next two weeks. I say if they lose both of those games, then you can jump ship and go join the Lions or something like that. I mean, how bad is that, right? You're Uh, so down and out that the Lions look attractive at this point. Uh, All right, we don't want to forget the Patriots on a day when they were eliminated from the playoffs. Bill Belichick will not be in the postseason. We knew that, but now it's official. Uh, But they did get a win against the Steelers on Thursday night, a game – that uh, the Pittsburgh fans were basically booing the entire game, it sounded well, like.
2: Well, I mean, listen, I mean, it's hard to watch them. That was the best offensive performance I feel like we saw from the Patriots since maybe early in the season, right? Bailey
1: Zappi, three touchdowns, right? Bailey
2: Zappi, three touchdowns, first drive, great. Looked like they were like, you were like, whoa, is this like the old old Patriots? What's this? March down the football field, right? Then they get the, what, the drill Peppers interception, right? which Trubisky throws the ball up the, the left side there. Get that. So he gets a short field, gets them jump started. So there they are, 14-3. to And their defense is damn good, and the Steelers' offense is not good. So, yeah, that's all they needed for the most part, 14-3. to It's just the big thing with the Steelers is, you know, it's just so hard to win the way they've won the whole year and just be like – hey, we're going to go to the playoffs off of three-point wins and we out-hit you for 18 weeks. That's just – it's hard. You know, I know people are talking about, like, oh, their energy doesn't look the same. I'm sure it's not. Every fucking game's a slugfest and a slaughterfest, and if they don't knock the shit out of you, they can't win the game. And it's just like, I'm sure they are worn down. I'm sure the defense is worn down. They're on the field a lot, all of those things, let alone we know the offense isn't good and – Trubisky, and again another team that you look at where you just, you know, they're not good enough to make dumb mistakes. You can't overcome it, and they, they got very little wiggle room as far as that department's concerned. But the Pittsburgh Steelers were a big
1: winner today because a lot of teams around them lost. Oh yeah, so that, you're six. right. I didn't even think about they that. They are still the sixth seed.
2: Yeah, it's unbelievable in the AFC. Unbelievable what we got working right now as far as the the AFC playoff picture. It's so wide open, and five, six, seven, still that we got Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Indy there. And we got Denver, Cincy, and Buffalo sitting on the outside. Like, I don't know. It just feels like Denver, Cincy, Buffalo, and Houston are more dangerous than Pittsburgh and Indy. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, So we'll see where this goes uh, the last few weeks.
1: Could be one of those weird years. We've often said now with the seventh team, it's like there aren't seven good teams. Maybe this is the year where it's like, hey, maybe there's eight or nine. They're tough to tell who's like that last team that should be in. Yeah, I would say the bottom
2: four, five, six. It's so close that. Yeah, I don't look at it as a big difference between any of them.
1: Two games on Monday night. We got the Monday night doubleheader. Titans at Dolphins,
2: Packers at Giants. I'm taking the Packers. The Packers, their offense, what they do, I just think it's going to be too much for, you know, I have respect for that Giants defense and Wink Martindale and some of that, but I don't think they can match up with everything they're doing across the board. I think they'll give them some issues, right? The other part is I just don't think that the Giants are going to be able to move the ball much in the Packers defense. So I'm taking the Packers to win the football game. I think I picked it pretty close, yeah. uh, 24-10 actually, not as close as I thought I did. Will you see it um, in person? I'm not going to I'm sitting at home. I thought about going to the game, right? So, but I'm not. I don't want to deal with it. Plus, I want to be able to watch both games. So, I'm going to have one on the laptop and the other one on the TV, and I'm going to try to enjoy them both. Titans Dolphins. I look at that. I go, I think Vrabel and that defense will have some things to slow down some of the tricks from the the Miami offense at first, but I think ultimately like what we kind of talk about with, you know, uh we we were just talking about like the the Panthers D or you know some of these other teams the the Patriots and the Steelers. I think ultimately like the Titans offense ain't going to be doing be able to do enough and their defense will get worn down. That Dolphins D is good. They're going to stop the Titans on offense and you know Tua and company and Tyreek will make plays. So yeah, I picked Dolphins 28-13, Packers 24-10. Uh, things are getting interesting there. Packers, I think, are a real danger to, to the NFC and one of those top seeds if they sneak in. Getting a little dicey for the Lions. I yeah. They came in with a three-game lead, which yeah. is pretty comfortable. Too close for but, comfort.
1: But now it's going to, if the Lions keep playing like this. Yeah, so and you
2: got some, you got some big games, too. You don't got some necessarily like, oh, they're going to win that. you got to play the Packers again. got to play the Cowboys. And I believe you got one other big game mixed in there where you go, well, eh. you know. So, yeah, you're certainly not out of the woods yet as far as you no more Packers, but they do have the Broncos. They have the Vikings, oh.
1: Cowboys, and then Vikings again. So they got,
2: oh, yeah, they have no more Packers. No that was, more I was Packers. thinking They played the Packers early in the year.
1: Yeah, they that's got the right. win at Lambeau earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, but, yeah, they're all looking tough
2: now yeah, for the Yeah, you're Lions. making it close. All right, that's it. We did it. We did it. All right, everybody. Ahmed made it through the podcast without saying a swear word. Right? So we're going <laughs> to yeah. let him go to the Dominican Republic. First time in a week I've done right. that. First time this guy's done that in five days. I mean, it's really it's <laughs> impressive. You're on a streak. Yeah way to go All right, everybody I hope you enjoyed the podcast you know where to find us Wednesday I will be back here without my what the fuck happened partner I'm going to be going what the fuck happened to Ahmed oh he's getting a tan on the Dominican Republic or somewhere in the Caribbean Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed the week send the questions tell me what to break down we'll try to hit it all peace out enjoy the double Monday Night Football game clap it up clap it up